This is my body. This is my blood. It's something that has a similar ring to our ears because as Catholics, we hear it at every single Mass that we come to. Every single Mass. This is my body. This is my blood. But I want us to place ourselves as the the apostles in the upper room when Jesus is celebrating the Passover with them, the Last Supper, and He's instituting the Holy Eucharist. If If we're a Jewish person, particularly in the first century, who's reading this gospel passage, there are a lot of details that are going to jump out at us. They're going to go, okay, Lord, you're messing up the Passover. Clearly, getting this wrong. And it's a shocking thing to hear Jesus say, This is my body. Because at the Passover, the body that was consumed was of the lamb that was sacrificed. Part of the Passover is that you would go, there would be, you would all go to Jerusalem. Josephus, the, the Jewish historian, would say that there would be a couple of a million people in Jerusalem at this time at Passover. And they would each, would, each family would have a lamb that would be sacrificed and they would take it to the priest in the temple who would cut the throat of the lamb and catch the blood in a basin, gold and silver basins. Then they would take the lamb and what would they do with it? They would take a, a, a wooden stake and drive it down its spine And then another across the front legs of the lamb. And then the fathers would take this lamb back to their homes and they would roast it so they could eat it at the Passover. So the body that was consumed was of this lamb. Why was the lamb sacrificed? The lamb was sacrificed in place of the people. Because of their sin, they, they needed to make reparation for their sin. They deserved, you know, sin is a spiritual death. So they needed to be brought alive to begin that spiritual life again. So the Lord said, okay, well, like, don't give your own life. We'll give the life of a lamb. So at the Passover, when Jesus said this, this is my body, take it and eat it. Like the, the apostles are like, what, what, is, what is he doing? Where's the actual lamb? And then he gets to the chalice that is blessed, the wine that is blessed in the chalice. And through the course of the Passover, there are four different chalices. And the third one is called the cup of blessing. And so Jesus blesses this chalice and he says something, again, shocking. This is my blood. The blood of the new covenant. Wait, wait. New, new covenant? What you talking about? We're celebrating the old covenant. So the Passover was the renewal of the original covenant. And Jesus says, no, this is the blood of the new covenant. Drink it. It's mine. And then Jesus, it says they sing the Hallel song, and then they leave and they go to the Mount of Olives. Again, a Jewish person who's paying attention to this is going to go, you didn't even finish. 
After you sing the Hallel, there's a fourth cup called the cup of consummation. And then we know what happens in the garden, right? Jesus is captured. But he had said at the Last Supper we just read, I'm not going to drink of the fruit of the vine again till I drink it anew with my Father in the kingdom of heaven. So as Jesus is captured, they offer him wine twice on the way to the cross, and he says no. And then as he's being crucified, as he's dying, with what? A stake down his back and across his arms, just like the lamb that was sacrificed. Blood pours forth from his side as they pierce him. But before that, the Lord says, I thirst. And they give him, it says, on a, on a, a sponge, on a sprig, a hyssop sprig, which we go back again to the first time the Passover is celebrated. The blood of the lamb is sprinkled on the doorpost with a hyssop branch. And it is the blood of the lamb that must be sprinkled on the doorpost as this sign of the Lord to pass over and to save those who are in the house. And so Jesus drinks this wine, and what does he say? In Latin, it's consummatum est. It is consummated. It is finished. The fourth cup. And so the, the, the Jewish people were paying attention to this and going, Oh my goodness. Jesus is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb who is sacrificed for our sins. The final sacrifice. And I can imagine those disciples who were there present as John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And the next day, what does he say? We say at every single Mass as the host is elevated. Behold the Lamb of God. This is what John said as Jesus walks by. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. Why does that, what does that mean? He is the one who is sacrificed for us. And then so Jesus at the Last Supper is instituting the Eucharist, which he had told them he would do in John chapter 6. Saying, again, this is my body. This is my blood. Eat this. Drink this. Now the Catholic Church teaches... That at Mass, when the priest in the person of Christ speaks the words of Jesus at the Last Supper, that the Holy Spirit comes and transforms bread and wine into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. That's a big claim. I mean, that's a big claim. And people are like, yeah, these Catholic people are crazy. Crazy. Why do we believe this? Because Christ has said so. Jesus didn't say, this is like my body. He said, this is like a symbol of my body. He said, this is my body. In the words of Jesus, because He is God incarnate, are efficacious, meaning they have effect, they have power. And so what happens is that when say the Father, it still looks like bread, it still tastes like bread, it still looks like wine, it still tastes like wine. Thank God it does, right? Thank God it does. Because if it didn't, that would be some freaky. Okay? 
The church speaks about this in philosophical language, that it's transubstantiation, that all things, as, as Aristotle had taught and then St. Thomas Aquinas brought up, are made of substance and accidents. A more contemporary way to say that is that there is the reality and the appearance. The reality before, when it's in the back, is that it's bread, and the appearance is that it's bread. But after the words of consecration and the miracle of transubstantiation, the reality is that it is Jesus and the appearance is that it is bread. But the very substance of it has been transformed, but again, as a mercy to us, still looks the same. Now you can go home tonight if you want and you can Google Eucharistic miracles, Orvieto, Lanciano, over and over. Many times is when a priest has doubted the true presence of the Eucharist. There's a priest in Italy celebrating the Mass, doubting the real presence of the Eucharist. And then in, in his hands, the host begins to bleed and turn into flesh. Rightfully so, he kind of freaked out. They have tested this flesh that is still present it has not, it's hundreds of years old, and it is muscle tissue that has not decomposed. And it is physically part, they said, oh, this is heart tissue from the left ventricle. Like, I mean, like, I mean they're getting like really specific here. The Lord doesn't do this all the time, but the Lord does this sometimes to aid our faith. To assist our faith in what he proclaimed is true. Now here's the thing. Most Catholics don't believe it. St studies show after studies show, statistics after statistics, say most Catholics are like, meh, little much for me. Right? Well, understandably so. And when Jesus was saying this in John 6, he's, he's telling them like, you, Moses gave you bread from heaven. I'm the true bread from heaven. I'm going to give you my body and blood to eat and drink. And people are like, yep, time out. Nope. We're leaving. And they left. And they were waiting for him to explain again. Like, oh, they can explain like this is symbolically. Like he talked about baptism, being reborn. Nicodemus asked him, I have to re-enter my mother's womb. He's like, no, 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 Nicodemus. That would probably not work out real well. I'm talking about being born again of water and the Spirit. So they're waiting. His, his disciples are waiting for him to explain this symbolically. And he says again, no, truly I say to you, my blood is true drink. And my flesh is true food. And then they say, this is hard for us to believe. And more people left. So then he turns to the apostles, the 12, right? The ones who are going to be the leaders of the church. And he says, do you too want to go? And I always kind of laugh when I read that line. I'm like, it, it doesn't tell you. Like, there was a 10-minute pause. Nobody said anything. And then Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. Implicit in Peter's answer is we were kind of thinking about leaving too. Yeah, yeah. We definitely thought about that pretty hard. And we don't understand what you're saying, but we believe in you. 
Lord, I believe in you. So even if I don't completely understand what you're saying right now, I'm sticking around because I trust you that you will reveal this to me and that I will understand this better. And so I want to ask you tonight, take an honest, a honest examination of, of all of us. What do I really believe about the Eucharist? What do I really believe? And then for us, if we don't believe that it's truly the Lord, or if we have like just a little bit, ask for faith. Lord, help my unbelief. Give me faith. Give me more faith. Ask Him for it. God wants to give it. Because I'm just going to tell you, whether you believe it or not, it is Jesus. But it doesn't bear any fruit in our lives. What is this supposed to happen? When we receive the Eucharist, we're supposed to be more transformed into Jesus. That there's less of us every time we come to Mass and more of Christ. That it's an exchange of hearts. That sanctification should be happening. Part of the problem with the, with the state that our world is in is because Catholics don't believe. And we're not even asking for more faith. Because if we come with, it, with faith, even just a little bit, and asking the Lord for more, man, the miracles that would happen in our lives. And I'm talking about, yes, big miracles, but the real miracle is our transformation into bold Christians who love with the very heart of Jesus, who serve the poor with abandon, who, who can forgive the people who harm us, who can be a light to the nations. So I want, I want to offer all of us a challenge. For the next 30 days, for the next 30 days, I want us to, one, examine our faith in God at all. How much do I believe in the Lord? And how much do I believe in the power of the sacraments? Number two, to come with a repentant heart and ask the Lord for His mercy and forgiveness, primarily in the sacrament of reconciliation. Because another block to the fruitfulness of the sacraments in our lives is unrepentant sin. Lord, I come confident of Your mercy. Three, pray, spend time before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. At least once a week, 10 to 20 minutes, come, break open the Scriptures before Him, and come to Mass asking for faith and making acts of faith. Jesus, I believe in Your presence. Come, Lord, transform me. Just, just try for 30 days. Hopefully you try for the rest of your life. But I'm just asking 30 days right now. And I guarantee you, something will be different in your life if we really commit ourselves to this. And not only will you notice, but everyone else around you. So today, as the host is held up, And the words, the words of John the Baptist are spoken. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. Make an act of faith.
And when we consume the Lord, this is my body. This is my blood. Make an act of faith. Ask the Lord for faith. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God.